It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 blah. Whenever you're watching or listening, hope you're doing okay today. Um, special shout out to all of our uh, fairly new viewers on uh, Holyfield Television. Uh, we're glad to be part of Holyfield TV Sports Programming. We'd love to hear from you guys. Drop us an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. And uh, don't forget to download our app. You can get it at Fight. That's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C. Fight.tv slash Billy C. Download our app today. And uh, also, speaking of Fight TV, we got the um, link for the embed, uh, embedded code right on the front page of our website, so you can uh, get all of the fights that aren't available uh, here in the States on, uh, on TV. There's uh, a whole slew of them. So uh, visit our uh, website, billycboxing.com, and uh, get, the, uh, get the fights you want to watch uh, from, you know, the other side of the pond. And then some other ones that are here that aren't available uh, on uh, any other platform but uh, Fight TV. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located in beautiful St. Simon's Island, Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's. To get uh, a decent slice of pizza, you know, and, and the truth is, I'm going down there in a couple of weeks. We're going to be uh, uh, filming the pilots. Ooh, ooh, did I let that slip out? Oh, sorry. Uh, stay tuned for more uh, info on that. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Gawk Box. What's a Gawk Box? It's this thing you play music. Oh no, no, that's something different. A Gawk Box can save you money, plus give you some stuff for free and help us out. Two-way street, right? Check it out. Visit our website, www.billycboxing.com. Click on Gawk Box banner and uh, create a free account uh, today. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino and their next boxing event, which is taking place Friday, June 9th. It's the Friday of the International Boxing Hall of Fame weekend. What's better than go see some live fights uh, at uh, the Turning Stone than that not much man it's a great card and uh you can get yourself some tickets by visiting our website billycboxing.com and clicking on the uh, turning stone fight poster which is on the right hand side or just go to the turning stone website and order them yourself just make sure you uh tell them you want the billy c discount uh for tickets and if you are going to go 
drop me an email, Billy at TalkinBoxing.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And uh, let me know where you're sitting. I'll stop by and uh, we'll chat a little about boxing. Today's show finally is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage, The Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold and you can literally get a copy of it right now by visiting barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com find out why we got a five-star rating across the board and by the way if you want a signed copy just visit our website billycboxing.com and uh click on the book which you can't miss it's right there on the front um coming up uh, in a little while uh, right now, we don't have uh, my man Sal, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Dax Khan is scheduled to come up uh, a little bit later on the show. Um, today, we're going to uh, talk mostly about uh, uh, Kel Brook against uh, Errol Spence Jr. this weekend uh, from England. Great fight in the welterweight division. Can't wait for it. I'm going to give you uh, you know my predictions as well as breakdowns and stuff. Uh, we'll get uh, Dax's thoughts and all that happy stuff, and uh, eventually uh, uh, even Sal might uh, wake up and uh, uh, grace us with his presence, but uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. But uh, before I get started with that, uh, which uh, if you're tuning in uh, for that, just hang tight. We got some other stuff to talk about. I got some emails to read and some boxing news. Um, first and foremost, the, the WBA heads my uh, boxing news today. And, um, you know, first of all, you know, myself got wrapped up into it yesterday. You know, for some reason, we just can't keep Floyd Mayweather out of our uh, discussions, right? And it it, it sickens me personally, but um, I did it and uh, we're going to do it again because the WBA went out and said yesterday that they refuse to sanction uh, a fight between Mayweather and McGregor. And um, uh, Gilberto uh, uh, Mendoza, Gilberto Jesus Mendoza, said, and I quote, I believe that this would only be an exhibition match. Uh, whoever you heard that before. He says, uh, I-, I don't think that it's good for boxing for this to be endorsed as an, adi- as an official fight. I think both are great athletes, but Floyd's retired. And if he wants to return, there are a lot of great boxers he can face to give the fans a good show. He says, I know this fight uh, may take place. However, I want to make it clear that the WBA will not be involved in the event. We respect both athletes, and I think Mayweather has proven to be uh, the best, uh, just as McGregor has done in the UFC. But a fight between the two, if it happens, shouldn't be more than an exhibition. Now, while I think that uh, the WBA is probably the worst sanctioning body, uh, specifically with all their BS and uh, interim titles and regular titles and super titles and all of that, even though they're telling us that they're going to get rid of that. Um, It's been the same sentiment that I've been talking about uh, since the rumor that this fight would even take place. I personally think it would be great as a crossover for McGregor to fight Floyd in a boxing match as an exhibition. 100% as an exhibition. It succeeds in giving 
both UFC and boxing fans something to uh, root for, for their guy, their sport. It gives both uh, McGregor and Mayweather uh, an opportunity to make a big payday and anybody else involved with the promotion. It's all fine and good. However, if it becomes a sanctioned event, meaning sanctioned by a commission, forget the WBA, I'm going to get to that in a second, but sanctioned by a commission as a real fight that counts as a boxing match on the record, which gives Floyd his 50th win, the easiest fight he's going to have. I mean, no disrespect to Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor, I'm sure, and although I'm not a big MMA fan, I'm sure uh, he's... uh, uh, a, a, a quality MMA star, uh, which I know for a fact he is. Uh, but when it comes to boxing, you know, he's stepping in there with the best guy there is um, as, in terms of, you know, defense and everything else. I mean, you know, there's no question in my mind that uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather could handle uh, Conor McGregor uh, fairly easily. Uh, now, with that said, uh, you know, as an exhibition, I'm all for it. I'm all for it as an exhibition. As a real fight, not so much. Uh, Now, here's the funny part. The WBA coming out and saying they won't sanction it, it, are they thinking that this fight could be for some kind of title? If this fight does come off and it does go as a real fight, which will open up a whole other can of worms as far as I'm concerned, um... What sanctioning body in their right mind would sanction it for any kind of a title, even a secondary title? I mean, you can't do it. You got a pro debuter fighting a, a, a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, and Floyd Mayweather. That's my whole point why a commission can't sanction this fight as a real fight. They just can't. The repercussions will be uh, too uh, uh, too heavy. I, I'm sorry, but uh, we'll see what happens. But it just it's comical to hear... Mendoza uh, talk about you know the WBA uh, like they have uh, you know this this clout which I, personally I think out of all the four major sanctioning bodies they have the least amount. Um, speaking of the WBA and this goes uh, hand in hand with what I'm talking about, they suspended uh, the judges that they assigned uh, for the uh, uh, Nadam Murata fight. Uh, it was announced yesterday uh, that uh, uh, the judges that did not score the fight the way Mendoza did got suspended. That was uh, Gustavo Padalia and Hubert uh, Early. Uh, they both were suspended for six months on their scoring. This is ridiculous because the WBA, they approved these guys, and both of them had similar scores. The only guy that had the whack score was Raul Caez Jr. from the U.S., and he had the same score as Mendoza, who, no disrespect, wasn't a judge in this fight. To me, this stinks of uh, the right guy didn't win the fight, if you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, maybe the promoter uh, paid off Mendoza. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, is if the if the card, if you had, the, if anybody's scorecard was out of whack, it was Kaez Jr., and I'm not suggesting uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Hassam Nadam won that fight easily. It was a close fight. It was a hard fight to score. If you didn't see it, it was a hard fight to score. You know, I mean, what are you scoring? It falls into the same thing that I that I complain about all the time. 
the criteria, everybody knows what the judging criteria is, but what order do you put it in? That's been left kind of open. So to, for the WBA to suspend the two judges that didn't score it the way the president did, the president of the WBA, that is, um, is pretty stupid. And I, I think it's not fair. You know, I, I think it just shows you the lack of credibility that the WBA has. So, uh, we, you know, for any other future world title fight uh, that the WBA approves their own judges, that doesn't mean. I, I, I guess really what Mendoza is saying is that he wants to tell the judges how to score a fight before the fight starts because that's what it sounds like to me. I think this was a stupid move, and I think it adds to the lack of credibility uh, for the uh, World Boxing Association. And speaking of the WBA, uh, they have ordered a rematch for that fight and the Bartholomew uh, Relika fight. Now, that fight um, was scored uh, terribly, but uh, like the WBA recognized, those judges were put in place by the local commission because that fight took place in the, in the United States, which was in Maryland. So the, uh, the WBA has put, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, those judges on notice, um, but they, in, you know, have ordered the rematch anyway. So they've ordered rematches for Hassam Nadam and uh, Murata and for the Bartholomew uh, Relika fight. So um, I guess uh, all the right uh, uh, fighters didn't win on those. Um, also, uh, they're thinking about adding a fourth judge uh, just to keep the other three in sync. I, you know, I think this is pretty silly, if you ask me. I think the WBA is doing what we call in other sports overmanaging or overcoaching. Uh, in this case, they're, they're overthinking, and uh, they uh, uh, just, don't, uh, just don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, in any event, um, they also have suspended uh, Andre Durrell's uh, trainer, Leon Lawson, uh, for the sucker punch uh, on uh, Jose Uzelcom the other day. Um, you know, have they found this guy? Is he still uh, at large? You know, I, I don't know. So, uh, and they also want to make one last uh, point about the Shannon Briggs fight. They say he does have an opportunity to uh, to have his B sample uh, tested. Uh, so, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, in any event. Uh, some other scores. I got some emails to read. We are going to uh, give you uh, the breakdowns and predictions of the Kell Brook uh, and uh, Errol Spence Jr. fight here in a few minutes. But uh, just to get you caught up on some other scores to get get it out the way is uh, in the NBA, the finals, uh, the NBA championship finals have been set. The Cavaliers beat the Celtics 135-102 to 102 last night to win that series four games to one. They move on to play the uh, Golden State Warriors in the uh, uh, NBA championship. It's a rematch of last year's championship. The Cavaliers won last year. Can the Warriors, who are well-rested, uh, can they uh, make amends uh, and uh, uh, win it this year? We'll see. Uh, the uh, Stanley Cup uh, competition has been defined as well because last night the Penguins beat the Senators 3-2 to two, uh, to win that series, uh, four games to three which sets them up to play the Nashville Predators uh, in the Stanley Cup. So congratulations both uh, to uh, uh, the Penguins and the Cavaliers for uh, moving forward. And now we'll uh, get some championship uh, series uh, defined for both the uh, NBA 
and NHL. Over in Major League Baseball, the Mariners beat the Nationals 4-2. The Pirates beat the Braves 9-4. The Phillies over the Rockies 2-1 in 11 innings. Uh, the Rays beat the Angels 4-zipoid. The Cubs beat the Giants 5-1. The Red Sox uh, slapped around the Rangers 6-2. Uh, the Padres beat the hapless Mets 4-3. It's pretty sickening to watch my team, uh, but they are horrific. Uh, not to be confused with terrific, horrific. They terrible. They suck. Uh, the Diamondbacks shut out the Brewers four to nothing. Astros over the Tigers seven to six. The Dodgers over the Cardinals seven to three. Uh, FYI, the Reds and Indians and Yankees and Royals were both rained out, and uh, those games were postponed. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I got some emails. Then I'm going to give you my breakdowns and predictions on the Kell Brook, uh, Errol Spence Jr. fight. And then we're going to get Dax Khan on the phone. All of that's coming up uh, in, uh, I would say, uh, two minutes. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with me today. Be with me, man. Well, although uh, Sal's not, but don't worry. Dax Khan will be uh, gracing us with his presence. Uh, in a little while. Don't forget about getting a copy of my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet. is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get it right now by visiting uh, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Hey, listen, we like to hear from you guys, so uh, if you take the time to drop us an email, we'll take the time to read it. Just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N. B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Got some emails right now. This first one's from my man, Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C., here's my pick for the weekend. He says, uh, Spence, he says, uh, Spence, technical knockout over Brooke in 11. But Brooke will rock Spence Jr. just a bit. But Spence will outwork Brooke. He also thinks Chudinov will win a unanimous decision over Georgie Groves. And Seha over Marino. He said, Billy, what's your thoughts on MMA kickboxing star uh, Tyrone Sprong trying to make it in boxing? Um, I, I got no problem. I got I got no problems with that. You know, I mean, listen, you know, it's... Did you ever hear the term muscle memory? You know, I, I, like that's why a lot of times these football stars, um, you know, NFL football for my Brits uh, out there, you know, that's why these NFL football stars don't make it when they come on over to boxing because they've been spending most of their youth, um, you know, uh, practicing and doing exercise and muscle development for football. And then when maybe an injury occurs or something, uh, they decide, uh, you know, they like the contact. They like, uh, you know, all of the stuff that goes with it. So they, they make a switch to boxing. And a lot of times they don't fare too well. However, with kickboxing and MMA and, and regular boxing, at least some of the workouts and stuff are the same. So I don't have a problem with that. Troy Dorsey was a guy that uh, was a kickboxing champion. 
that successfully made it uh, in the boxing arena uh, and became a world champion. This was years ago, but still. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, I really don't. He says, I read that Randy Caballero uh, versus uh, Oscar uh, Negretti uh, will happen uh, June 30th. This is an interesting fight. Yeah, I'd like to see more Caballero. I, I don't know why we don't see a lot of him, uh, but uh, I certainly wish uh, we could see more. Thanks for the email, uh, Jess. Um, next one is for uh, Joel. He says, uh, do you plan to watch the uh, Brooke Spence Jr. fight live on Saturday night? Saturday afternoon? Uh, yeah. He says, uh, we, I was also uh, curious for the official pr uh, picks. And, man, I'm, I'm a, somebody must have slipped me a Mickey or something. I can't even speak today. Uh, he wants the official predictions. I'll give you that in a second. He says, uh, I think it's going to be a close fight, but I have Spence winning a split or extremely uh, close decision. He says, by the way, uh, I enjoy your show, and you guys work great together. Um, da -da -da -da. He wants to know if Sal brings pizzas to barbecues and stuff. What, what is that? That's kind of like a, uh, are you knocking the Italians, Joel? I mean, come on, man. You know, I mean, uh, what, just because he's Italian, you think he brings pizzas everywhere? Come on, man. That ain't right. You know, all you had to do is say, you people. You people bring pizzas to barbecues? What are you talking about? You know, come on, Joel. Only kidding with Joel. He's my man. Thanks for the email. Uh, Coach. Uh, drops us an email. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., on this day in boxing history, May 26th in 2000, uh, President Bill Clinton signed the Muhammad Ali Boxing Reform Act into law. It's the first federal law passed to reform anti-competitive and corruptive business practices in the professional boxing industry. The fallout from the controversial June 9th Manny Pacquiao-Tim Bradley fight uh, saw the U.S. Senators Harry Reid, who's a Democrat, from, who was a Democrat from Nevada, and John McCain, Republican from Arizona, team up to sponsor a bill that would create a federal commission to oversee the sport. He wants to know what the f happened to that. Um, I don't know, man. John, John McCain, when he was doing that, he was just uh, he was just you know tooting his horn. I, you know the, the the truth of the matter is. Is a federal boxing commission, you know, all the years that we've talked about it, my opinion is that it wouldn't work. And the reason why it wouldn't work is because our government can't even run the post office. You know, they're more corrupt than, than anything else. And, you know, to suggest that they would uh, would clean it up or anything, I, I don't know, man. You know, it's, uh, you know, a, a group to oversee it. Uh, I just think there's too much political red tape. Now, now, that doesn't mean I think that the current system is, is good. Uh, we definitely need something. If the federal government has to step in, I don't know. You know, they, they have a hard time running the country. They have a hard time running a post office. What makes us think that they can run the sport of boxing? I just think that there'd be more levels of corruption with the government involved. I mean, let's be real. A lot of the government officials get paid off to, to, to make certain things happen. You know, I, you know it's, what, what boxing needs, boys and girls, is a league. They need some some foundation and, and a league and then have a fighters union and and all of that. That is the only thing that can that will protect fighters and the fans is some type of league. Now, I have a way that we could create a, a league right now. I've developed a way to create a box, a professional boxing league that will incorporate all four major sanctioning bodies where they will not lose a penny and they will still have their champions and everything. And we would end up with a league, and we would have a crowned uh, yearly champion for each division. 
uh, I have a system that will work. It's just getting everybody on the same page. Uh, thanks for reminding us what happened on this day, Coach. Uh, my man uh, uh, Mitch uh, says, uh, what do you think? And now uh, what this is is he sent me the link to Oscar De La Hoya's open letter to boxing fans concerning, you know, we're getting a lot of talk about the Mayweather uh, Conor McGregor fight, but uh, this was Oscar's uh, letter. I'm going to read it to you and then give you my thoughts because I have not read it yet. I printed it out, but I have not read it. So let's go. It's uh, like a page and a half. This is uh, Oscar De La Hoya writing to us, the boxing fan. He says, I write in hopes that together we can protect the sport of boxing. With each passing day, it looks more and more likely that the circus known as Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor will be coming to a town in the near future. As undercard fights start to take form, as athletic commissions give their blessings in exchange for millions of dollars and fighters start counting even more cash, one group will eventually be left to make sure this farce doesn't occur. We, the fans, who are the lifeblood of our sport. You know, I, b before I go on, I hope this isn't, I hope Oscar's not letting a cat out of the bag that a commission has approved this fight for a real fight because I think that that uh, is uh, a travesty. And, and I think that whatever commission approves this as a real fight, as a sanctioned fight, as a 50th win fight for Floyd Mayweather, uh, should, uh, should I, I think some repercussions have to happen. I think that, that that's total BS. Anyway, says bo boxing starting to dig itself out of the hole that Floyd and Manny Pacquiao shoveled by waiting seven years to put on a fight that ended up being as dull uh, as it was anticlimactic. I don't think anybody can disagree with that. He says uh, 2017 started off as a banner year with uh, Joshua versus Klitschko, Thurman against Garcia, uh, Triple G against Jacobs, Canelo against Chavez. All four of these fights and many more have brought the fight game back and uh, revinegrated. Uh, interest from the ever elusive casual fan. I think uh, Oscar threw in the Canelo Chavez fight because he promoted that one. And let's be real, that was uh, almost as anticlimactic as uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. Uh, he says, uh, but if you thought Mayweather ver uh, versus Pacquiao was a black eye for the sport, a matchup between two of the best pound for pound fighters that simply didn't deliver, just wait until the best boxer of a generation dismantles someone who has never boxed competitively at any level, amateur or pro. Our, spite, our sport may never recover. I fully understand the initial attraction from a fan of combat sports. McGregor is almost certainly the best pound-for-pound -pound MMA fighter, and Floyd is Floyd, the most uh, dominant boxer of his time. I put an asterisk next to that, but whatever. Uh, he says, but success in one sport does not guarantee success in another. Far from it. And let's be clear. These are two different sports, from the size of the gloves the fighters wear to the size and the shape of the ring to the fact that one sports allow combatants to use their legs uh, to strike while another doesn't. Think about it. Beyond Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders, what other athletes have successfully competed in two sports in the modern age? Jackson and Sanders both played baseball and football throughout their high school and college careers before turning pro. That's a good point, by the way. Furthermore, it's not like McGregor will be fighting a good fighter, let alone a mediocre one. He would be fighting the best of his generation. To use a bit of an extreme analogy, I happen to be a pretty good golfer. He says, I happen to be a pretty good golfer. Could I potentially hold my own uh, on one of the second tiers? Maybe. But would I be able to compete with Rocky, uh, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spleth, or Sergio Garcia? He says, of course not. Nor would I think I would even try. 
Now, I know critics will say that I'm only writing this letter because my company is promoting what will be the culmination of an outstanding boxing year when Cal uh, Canelo uh, takes on Triple G uh, in September. I don't want anything to distract attention away from that fight. Page two. He says, but my interest is in the health of the boxing as a whole. It always has been. And if Floyd would have come out of retirement and take on someone like Keith Thurman, Errol Spence, or some other top welterweight, not only would I applaud the fight, I'd be the first one online for a ticket. And, and you know what? I agree with that. And I've said that many, many times. I mean, no one could deny that. He says, uh, uh, the kind of fight is, that's the kind of fight that fans deserve. And I'm a fan first. He says, uh, which brings me back to the circus. Floyd and Connor's motivation is clear. It's money. In fact, they don't even pretend it's not. But it's also a lack of consequences for when the fight ends up being the disaster that it's predicted. After this fight, neither of them will need us anymore. Floyd will go back into retirement, presumably for good this time, with another, not, with another nine-figure paycheck. And Connor's going to go back to the UFC. It's win-win for both of them. It's lose-lose for us. We'll be the $100 lighter, and we'll have squandered another opportunity to bring box, boxing back to its rightful place as the sport of kings. At this point, we can only shut the circus down by making it clear that we won't pay uh, to see a joke of a fight and telling our casual fans that they shouldn't either. Uh, signed, uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Um, I couldn't agree with Oscar more. I couldn't agree with him more. Uh you know, if it's an exhibition like Oscar, uh, I think I'll beat Oscar to the line. I'll be the first to buy it. Um, as a real fight, no. And it's uh, it's a circus. There's no question about it. Uh, I, I'm 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 a scared uh, to think that uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has already approved this fight. Um, if this is the case. Uh, they're going to get a letter from me and, and many more. Uh, if another commission has approved the fight, like California, because keep in mind, California has already given Conor McGregor a, uh, a, a license, then they're the ones with uh, egg on their face. Whatever commission approves this fight as a legitimate boxing match that goes on the record as a win for Floyd Mayweather. Because make no mistake, this is not going to be a competitive boxing match. I don't care uh, what, uh, uh, you know, anybody says. You know, I, I mean, it just, you, no matter what you say, if, you, if you're the best salesman uh, in the world and you're trying to, uh, you know, convince us. Stephen A. Smith, uh, you know, loves Floyd so much, I wouldn't be surprised to find the two in a hotel room sometime. You know, and he is trying to sell the fact that Conor McGregor has a puncher's chance. And he thinks that S Floyd is so much better that he's going to get lazy in the ring. Floyd will never get lazy in the ring. Yeah, I mean, he does what he does. He throws a punch and he runs. He throws two punches and he runs. McGregor will be chasing him down. He'll look foolish all night long for 12 rounds. The fight will not end on a knockout uh, unless Conor does connect with Floyd. But that's not going to happen. Uh, the fight is a joke. It's a circus. But even more so, if any commission approves this fight, they will become the biggest joke of all, in my eyes, and many others. I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I'm going to break down and give you my predictions on the Kell Brook Errol Spence fight. Then we're going to uh, open up the phone line. Nah, actually, we'll have uh, uh, my man uh, Dax Khan join us. So uh, I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. 
or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad uh, you could be with us today. A hey, programming note, uh, Monday is a holiday. It's Memorial Day here in the States. And uh, we will not be doing a live show for all of our affiliates out there and television networks. Uh, we uh, will not be doing a live show uh, on Monday. Uh, but we will be back on Tuesday with our post-fight for Kel Brook and uh, Errol Spence Jr. Uh, with our thoughts and uh, uh, hopefully uh, no shenanigans will go on. But uh, speaking of uh, Errol Spence against Kel Brook, um, here's what we got. First and foremost, uh, the line uh, as of uh, yesterday was uh, a two-to-one favorite for Spence. Spence going over to Kel Brook, and uh, he's the uh, betting favorite, two-to-one. Uh, the co-main event on this card is uh, Georgie Groves uh, going up against uh, uh, Fedor Chudoviv. Uh, I'm sorry, Chudinov. And uh, the vacant uh, super middleweight title uh, for the uh, not-so-glamorous uh, WBA uh, is on the line. And also uh, a fight I talked about yesterday in the heavyweight division for the vacant Commonwealth title, um, UK fighter... Uh, David the White Rhino Allen, who's 11 wins, two losses, and a draw, with eight of his wins coming by knockout uh, from uh, the U.K. Now, remember, this is a vacant Commonwealth, which is a uh, U.K. Uh, title. Uh, he's going up against Lenroy TNT Thomas, who's got a record of 20-4 and four with 10 knockouts. He's my man. Here's the thing that amazes me in this fight. Lenroy's from Florida. He trains out of Tampa. He's from St. Pete. I mean, he's in Florida, man. You know, how does a Florida fighter uh, vie for a, a U.K. Uh, regional title? I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, as far as uh, the fight itself, Kell Brook against uh, Errol Spence Jr. Um, Kell Brook says, uh, there's no way he can beat me. I'm a man possessed, and I have a serious job to do. This is my night to shine. I love it. Being, uh, He's saying, I love being the underdog. I was born for it. People don't have me win in this fight, but that just gives me the extra energy I need to go out and prove them all wrong. Um, have you seen the the uh, um, video? I think Coach sent it to me. Um, you know, it, it was the press conference yesterday, um, the final press conference between these two guys, and they started going back and forth. And, uh, you know, the Brits were using the fact that all the fans are going to be behind Kell Brook. And uh, I thought that uh, Team Errol Spence was, was handling themselves uh, pretty professionally until everybody turned on him. And then it just got to be a yelling match. But I think it was all in good faith. I mean, no, nobody threw any chairs around or anything like that. But uh, uh, anyway, um, Errol Spence says, this is my time. Uh, this is my era. It's my time to shine. This is my time to get the belts. This is my time to unify and become the undisputed welterweight champion. Uh, I feel Saturday is kind of like the USA versus UK, and the USA is going to win. 
I respect uh, Errol Spence uh, immensely. And one thing uh, with the video coach sent me that, uh, you know, Team Brooke said was that they do respect Errol Spence and for the fact that he's came over there to fight Kell Brook, something that uh, a lot of other American champions don't do. I have always said that I felt that the U.K., uh, carries the sport of boxing on their back. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, organized boxing, it, it started in the U.K., and I think uh, it's continuing to thrive in the U.K. The one thing that I admire about the U.K. fighters is that they fight each other. They have no problems fighting each other. They uh, um, don't uh, look at a loss as a, as a career-ending thing. The networks are quick to pick them up. Um, I, listen, boxing... Yes, they all want to come over here to the States uh, because we're lazy fans and we sit home and pay for stuff. And the Brits uh, go to the events, you know, so uh, it is what it is. But without the British, think about think about the stars in Britain right now. And they're all the top guys. Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the planet right now out of Britain. Kel Brook is an underrated uh, welterweight. We're going to see how good he is. Uh, he's out of Britain. I mean, Carl Frampton out of Britain, you know, uh, lost his title recently, but, um, but still a lot of great fighters, uh, out of the UK. As far as the fight itself, well, here's, here's what it looks like. You know, when I see, uh, Errol Spence, the truth, he's, uh, ranked at number seven in the world, uh, by the computer. He's 27 years old. Uh, he's got a record of, uh, 21 and 0 with 18 knockouts, uh, which gives him an 86% knockout ratio. When you look at Errol Spence and um, his record, all right, there's no big giant names that jump out at you. I mean, the most the most known guy on his resume, I, I, you'd have to give him credit, is Chris Algieri. Um, but what I do see on Errol Spence's re resume is a list of guys that are all in what I say, good opposition, maybe even slightly, you know, above average uh, opposition, but not, you know, class A, you know, uh, not uh, uh, top, top uh, 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 competition. I mean, you know, when you look at this guy uh, for the last uh, uh, four years, he's really been fighting some good fighters. I mean, you go back, uh, to 2013, uh, Emmanuel uh, Larte um, is a tough fighter. And, you know, he was 15-0 and 0 with a draw when uh, uh, Errol uh, fought him. Uh, also, after that fight, uh, he also fought uh, some other tough guys like Ronald Cruz, uh, No Bolanos, whose record doesn't look too uh, attractive at 24-10 and 10 with a draw when he fought Errol Spence. But make no mistake... Bolanos uh, uh, is a uh, uh, was at least uh, you know several years ago a, a a tough out wasn't so tough against uh, Spence. Uh, he also fought Francisco Javier Castro, uh, stopped him as well. Another tough opponent, um, you know, good opponent. Samuel Vargas was on the upswing. He was uh, once beaten, twenty wins, one draw, one loss. Uh, and uh, was stopped by Spence. Phil LaGreco, same thing. Uh, a guy that we actually had on this show. A guy on the rise. Uh, a guy fighting out of Canada that 
um, had everything looking good for him. Uh, he stepped in the ring once beaten, 26-1 and against Errol Spence. Got knocked out. Uh, Chris Van Herden, a, a, a guy from the other side of the pond, another uh, quality fighter, 23-1-1 and when he stepped in the ring with uh, Errol Spence in 2015. Gets knocked out. Uh, you know, uh, Alejandro Barrera, you know, 28-2, and two, gets knocked out. Uh, he fought uh, Chris Algieri, uh, stopped Chris Algieri. And then in his last fight, he fought a guy that, uh, you know, Keith Thurman couldn't stop in uh, Leonard Bundu and stopped him in, in six. You know, you got to go all the way back to the Ronald Cruz fight um, to, uh, to see where he didn't. Uh, stop uh, uh, an opponent you know his last seven fights in a row all by knockout he's five foot nine and a half with a 72 inch reach he's a quality fighter and what I like about him is he's not afraid he wants to prove he's a throwback in a sense in my opinion because he wants to prove that he's the best and he's obviously taken the steps to do that Something that a lot of fighters today don't do. They like to follow the Floyd May with a blueprint. The least amount of risk for the maximum amount of reward, which isn't a stupid way to look at it. It certainly isn't. You know, Floyd has been very uh, successful financially. But what I like about Errol Spence is that he's doing it the old-fashioned way. Wants to let his uh, performances uh, speak for themselves. And... The beauty of boxing is that when you have that attitude and you perform and you come through and, and, and get the W's and, and have exciting fights, the rest of it's going to fall in place. And at the end of the day, after you become a multimillionaire in life, uh, you know, and, and you're not stupid, you don't piss it away, how much more money do you need to live doing anything you want and your kids and your grandkids so i mean money becomes a secondary issue what's left is your legacy and you know a guy like errol spence is in a position similar to what i was saying about javante davis in a position where their legacies will long live uh their you know their financial success and lives because of their style and how exciting they are in the ring Something Floyd Mayweather will never be able to say. As much as uh, he's got in terms of material things, I'm talking about he meaning Floyd, um, you know, what he's never going to be able to say ever um, is that he was in memorable fights. And to suggest that he was so much better than other fighters that they, he, he made the fights boring, that's a crock of crap because Floyd never engaged. Errol Spence does. And you could tell by the knockouts. You could tell by the knockout ratio. 86% knockout ratio in 21 fights. And oh, by the way, 21 fights. He hasn't even come close to 100 rounds yet. He's got 77 rounds under his belt. And he steps in the ring with Kell Brook. Kell Brook could arguably be one of the most underrated fighters in the sport of boxing today. Kell Brook is currently the IBF World uh, Welterweight Champion. This was a guy that I said would never um, uh, fight uh, in the uh, welterweight division again uh, when he beefed up and went uh, right into the uh, middleweight division. 
um, you know, and fought Triple G. I mean, nobody can deny that, uh, uh, you know, he did uh, his best uh, with that. Uh, and uh, he actually, uh, in some circles, people feel that uh, he exposed uh, uh, Triple G in a sense um, with uh, while he lasted, uh, you know, with uh, his movement and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, made uh, uh, Triple G look kind of ordinary for a little bit until Triple G broke his eye socket, you know. And then uh, he couldn't continue anymore. So, I, I mean, you know, Kell Brook uh, is an underrated fighter. Now, did him losing the weight, uh, you know, beefing up? Because he looked nice and big when uh, uh, he fought Triple G. He certainly uh, wasn't uh, suffering uh, with, uh, you know, uh, putting on that weight. Uh, but, uh, you know, how did he lose it? Uh, did he lose it the right way? Um, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, did he struggle too much to make weight? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, uh, only time will tell, and that time will be uh, this weekend. Um, but uh, when I take a look at Kell Brook's record, uh, he's ranked uh, by the computer at number five. Um, I just told you that uh, uh, Spence is uh, ranked at... Uh, uh, number seven. When I look at his record, there are, and, and by the way, he's 31 years old uh, versus uh, Errol Spence, who's uh, 27. So he's given up four years there. Uh, as far as height, they're pretty similar. I mean, uh, Kell Brook is uh, five foot nine. He's a half inch shorter. Uh, but the reach is kind of strange. Uh, Kell Brook has got a 69 inch reach versus 72 inch reach for Errol Spence, which is three inches shorter. Uh, we'll see if that uh, proves to uh, make a difference for him. But when I look at the IBF World Welterweight Champion, um, you know, he, he's got an impressive record. 36 wins, 25 by knockout, uh, only one loss, and that was at, at middleweight against uh, Triple G, arguably the best uh, middleweight on, on the planet today. Um, he's got 37 fights. And almost 100 more rounds, more than 100 more rounds than uh, Errol Spence as a pro, 184. But when I look at this guy's record, I see two guys on his record. Uh, uh, you know, Senchenko, V. Senchenko that he fought in 2013 that he knocked out. And Sean Porter that you could make a good case uh, was, you know, close enough to go either way. Aside from that, the level of his opposition is very similar to what Errol Spence has fought in the last three years. He's beaten guys like Kevin Bizier, Frankie Gavin, uh, you know, uh, Dan Dan, uh, uh, I not Dan Dan, um, you know, uh, Carson Jones. I mean, he fought Carson Jones twice. I mean, these are quality fighters, but, you know, they're, uh, they're not upper echelon. I, I think that the, the, the competition level is the same. Who's going to win this fight? I think this is going to be a tough fight. I think the pressure is on uh, Errol Spence Jr. Um, even though Kell Brook, many people would believe that Kell Brook has all the pressure on him, but I don't think he does. Uh, I think that Kell Brook has a, a legitimate uh, argument if he loses this fight, and that argument is going to be that he couldn't make the weight. He had to spend too much time, although he just we got the official weigh-ins right now. Uh, they both made weight, but... Um, uh, you know, I, the, he's going to say that he spent too much time making weight and he felt drained if he loses. The pressure's on Errol Spence because a lot of people here in the States are, are looking at Errol Spence to, uh, to, to get that torch. 
it's interesting to see a lot of people think that Errol Spence is going to win this fight. Um, and I'm one of them too. I think that Errol Spence is going to win the fight. No one loves Kell Brook more than me, but I think Errol Spence is a special fighter. And despite Kell Brook's nickname, Special K, um, I think that Errol Spence is one of these types of fighters that come along once in a while. Uh, I'm picking uh, Errol Spence in this fight. I think it's going to be a, a, a very competitive fight. Uh, but I think Errol Spence is going to win. And I, too, think that he's going to eventually stop Kell Brook. The big question mark on Kell Brook is how did his eye heal? I think he's going to get uh, beat up a little bit. I think uh, it is going to be an exciting fight. It's going to live up to the hype. I'm leaning towards Errol Spence. I just think that he's, uh, he's been built for this, for this fight. Um, speaking about things that, that happen uh, later than sooner, or I should wait a minute, I should say sooner than later, joining me right now uh, with sleepiness in his eyes uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. What happened, man? I was down for the count. <laughs> it looks it. You don't even you don't even have your makeup on. The makeup artist didn't put the makeup on you today. You know what? She didn't show up early enough. I, or maybe uh, she I, did. Uh, maybe she didn't leave early enough. Maybe that was the problem. You know. <laughs> hey, what's your uh, official predictions on the uh, Kell Brook uh, uh, and Arrow Spence Jr. fight? I just gave my broke down. We're actually breakdown. We're actually going to be taking a break here, and uh, I'm. Uh, I got to kick you to the curb because uh, Dax Khan is coming on. But, uh, I mean, that's what you get for uh, uh, being late. We'll come back to you a little bit later. But what's your official prediction and uh, how you break down this fight? I break it down. I, I definitely see uh, Kelbrook coming out, uh, you know, confident and uh, uh, definitely trying to establish his jab and um, getting the range and the distance. Uh, I see him coming out and – Errol Spence, I, I believe, is going to be looking to get his range, get his distance. I think I think you're going to see first um, uh, Gil Brook being the aggressor, trying to establish himself, uh, and Errol Spence kind of like getting the distance and maybe making some moves and uh, getting a feel of his, his distance as well. But I, I do see this fight going some good rounds. But uh, I'm I'm with you. I do see Errol Spence winning and maybe stopping Kell Brook later in the fight. I yeah, do. I, I think I think Errol Spence has a lot of horsepower. I think uh, he could take a good shot. He could deliver a good shot. And you know, I I tend to feel you know, Kell Brook. How can I say? I think he's a great fighter. Um, you know, I want to see how he's going to hold up with that cheekbone. Or that eye socket that was broken. I mean, let's not forget he he fought a good fight against uh, against uh, Triple G, but the man crushed his eye socket, broke his faceplate, broke whatever he could just by boom. I mean, he just. I mean, you guys see how how well that healed. I, I'm one that believes that you know if something was originally injured or hurt like that, uh, you know it may be. Something that another fighter will be conscientious of, uh, prepared to feel or test, and and I think I think uh, we're gonna have a lot of questions answered if he gets hit in the head or face uh, face by Earl Spence uh, often in that same area. 
Hey, uh, they're they're all talking about you here in the chat room. Uh, they think you need a sambuca in your coffee. Uh, they think that uh, you look like you've been on the special K. Uh, you know, uh, you, you can't hide it. You know, you look a little flustered today, Sal. You really do. Do I? I need a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'll uh, you, you that. need a uh, You know, a guy that's used to a guy that's used to drinking fifty-five gallon drums of <laughs> coffee. Where is it? Well, yeah, you know, I mean. You know, you didn't get rid of her uh, soon enough. You know, she keeps you up all night, and she could have made you some coffee, Sal. Come on, man. You know, geez, you know. Hey, we had some, uh, I had another comment I wanted to pass along to you before we. uh, uh, About my coffee? Yeah, before you get a break to go get your coffee. But uh, some of the, uh, we got a comment about, uh, you were talking about uh, yourself yesterday, and you mentioned uh, one of the fights. And, we uh, talk about myself. It was the fight against Magnifico. Oh, and, Jimmy uh, Magnifico. Okay, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I had a comment that was uh, passed along to me that uh, uh, that they after you mentioned that fight, uh, one of our listeners uh, went and watched it, pulled it up on YouTube, and uh, said, "Oh my God, Sal Senecola was relentless in that fight." They were saying how uh, how you were, how you uh, went after that. And, uh, you know, you never stopped. You kept coming and coming and coming. You know, it, it, it got me thinking, you know. I mean, uh, that's rare today. Everybody's safety first. Uh, obviously, I mean, aside from you not getting a good night's sleep and not having your coffee and looking a little frazzled today, safety I mean, there's no, there's no ill effects. You're a successful guy, you know. You still got some good looks, you know. I mean, come on. In your style, I mean, come on. You know, I know you didn't have any nose jobs. You know, maybe some no, stitches, never, but that's never. it. I, 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 and you know, I, I counted. I had over 250 stitches in my face. I've had a separated retina from the thumb and the eye. I've had 10 perforated eardrums here, 12 over here from getting hit on the ear. What? Bobbing and weaving. What? Getting hit. Did you say something? What? How's the sound the, the, coming? No wonder why every no wonder why no wonder why every morning you're always like I can't hear you. What, what's what's going I on? I, got... <laughs> I didn't hear my alarm clock. I didn't hear this. I didn't hear. I didn't, I didn't hear. Wait a minute. You don't have you don't have like a, a a sanctuary of birds like me. As soon as the sun even thinks about coming out, they start singing and having. I mean, they're so freaking happy. It, may, it makes me. I mean, I wish there was like a saber toothed tiger that lived in my neighborhood just to shut the birds up. You know. I mean, geez, you know, come yeah, on. That's funny. You know, I feel like I'm in jungle. I feel like I'm in jungle habitat. You know, you got birds singing, deer crapping on the lawn, turkeys gobbling. I got gobbling. gators crawling. Got gators crawling in the backyard. Thank yeah, God I don't get have it all here. It's thank, a, thank God yeah, it's, I don't it's have jungle that. habitat. Remember that? It was a Jersey thing, jungle habitat. Yeah, until the lions were jumping all over cars, <laughs> ripping people and out of them. That's what happened. Really you know? <laughs> one guy. The guy left his window. Oh, honey, look, let's feed the lions. Yeah, let's <laughs> feed the lions. Yeah, like <laughs> crazy stuff. Hey, Sal, listen, we're going to take a short break. You're going to go get some coffee. We're going to get Dax on, and then uh, we'll have you back. Can't wait. Yeah. I will. <laughs> hey, go get yourself cleaned up, will you? But Thanks, uh, anyway. I look, do I look that rough? No. <laughs> well, hey, all you got to do is read the chat room. Let them decide. Who am I to yeah, judge you? I, I got to go into there. What's I once I get my coffee? All right, my man. We'll see you in a little bit. Sal uh, is going to get cleaned up here, and uh, he's uh, – uh, a little under the weather. He's clean. He's clean. He's a. He's sitting there going, "I'm. I'm clean." Yeah, I know. I know. Thank God we don't. Thank God we. Thank God we don't have to smell you over there, Sal. You know. I mean. Uh, you know. I don't know. Did you take the shower? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're scheduled to have uh, Dax Khan uh, join us in a little bit. 
and uh, we will uh, get his thoughts uh, on the big fight uh, scheduled for this weekend. Don't go nowhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, for some reason, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm starving right now. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I got to get some food in me. And uh, well, speaking of food, I owe this guy some dinner. Joining me right now uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? I've told you before, I don't eat off the dollar menu. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I said dinner. I, what makes you think I'm going to spend that much for you? You know, come on. Like I, I, like I said, you know, and, and, I, and I'm just sitting there trying to make you sound like a big spender on TV. But uh. <laughs> no, I think I think I'm going to send you. Don't worry, I'm going to send you your dinner. It comes in a little little package. You know, it's like one ring ding is good for you, right? Like a like a Suzy Q. Maybe I'll go crazy. I'll get you a Suzy Q. Twenty cent off coupons. It's not dinner. It's just a coupon bill. <laughs> Spence <laughs> against uh, Kel Brook. Uh, yes, in case people don't know, uh, Dax and I uh, had a little wager. I owe him dinner. I said that uh, Kel Brook would never fight at welterweight again. And uh, Dax, you were right. Not only did he uh, um, fight again, he's uh, still got his title. He's defending his title. He's fighting uh, one of the best young guys in the sport. And he made weight seemingly uh, with a couple of ounces to spare. 146.8, right? 146.7 and 146.6 with the official weights. Uh, Brooke was just that, that one one ounce higher. Um, what does that tell you? Uh, it just What it just tells me is that Kel Brook, he, you know, he bit down and he made, he, he did what he had to do, uh, contrary to what the, uh, the camps believe. But it also tells me that Kel Brook isn't going to really be in this division too long. But, you know, in, in my breakdown of this fight, you know, you'll see that I don't think either one of these guys are going to stay in this division for much longer. You, really? You think uh, Spence is going to leave it too? Absolutely. A absolutely. You know, the, the, what makes this fight exciting, you know, is you have an undefeated former Olympian and we have uh, an undefeated welterweight champion who's only losses at middleweight. Uh, you know, Errol Spence is slightly bigger than Kell Brook. He has the half inch and I think he has a three inch reach advantage. Uh, you know, size. These guys are both big welterweights in terms of physicality. You know, uh, Spence has fought 10 times above the welterweight limit in his career. And he's even fought once as a middleweight. Of course, uh, they were never uh, officially, they had nothing to do with the rankings, but he has fought above 148 pounds and above 154 pounds. Kell Brook has done it 12 times and even as a middleweight. So, you know, these guys, how much, you know, you can't keep cutting that weight. And especially uh, as Spence at 27 years old, he's just going to keep getting bigger and that weight's going to be harder to cut. As guys get older, they go up in weight. You know, um, interesting because that's a great segue. You know, I thought, and so did you, um, that Kell Brook uh, put on the weight great when he fought Triple G. He, he looked like a monster in there. He was bigger than Triple G. 
and um, and and he certainly didn't look like he put it on the wrong way. He put on muscle and everything else. Isn't that a lot harder to lose? I mean, he had to come back down. I mean, remember he skipped right over 154. Do you think some of his camp preparing for Spence was focused more on weight loss than game plan? Well, Johnny Nelson said himself that, you know what, every time he does this, it makes it harder and harder. That's why I said when you fight 12 times above that division in your career, um, starting out from when he, uh, he first began his career, it becomes harder each time, especially as you age. Um, if people remember, uh, that's pretty much what did Roy Jones Jr.'s career in and Chris Bird in the last fight of his career when he dropped down to welterweight and he fought Sean George. That's what did him in because, you know what, when you get your body can only – lose that so many times and it is a whole lot harder to lose muscle than it is to lose uh water weight definitely yeah that was light heavyweight you said welterweight he didn't drop i mean not welterweight i meant cruiserweight i'm sorry no it was actually light heavyweight was it was it that yeah yeah, and 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 he looked he looked like a welterweight he looked sickly when when i'll never forget the image that i had when chris bird went in there uh he looked uh, he looked awful, and uh, we saw what happened there. All right, what's your official uh, prediction, breakdown, all that stuff? Give it to me, baby. All right, you know, the, the power. The KO percentage doesn't tell the full story. Yes, Errol Spence has only um, went the distance with three of his opponents, and Brooke has, um, has 25 uh, knockouts in, in 11 distances. But you know something? Early on in Kel Brooke's career, he has a lot of fights with those famous U.K. tradesmen, you know, the guys with 20, 30, 40, 50 losses. But they've only been stopped two or three times. I believe he started out his career fighting against um, – Peter Buckley, you know, there's a guy 230, 240 losses, only been stopped five or six times. Uh, the guys that, uh, the other guys that he hasn't stopped were uh, Matthew Hatton, uh, Sean Porter, and uh, Carson Jones. Carson Jones only been stopped once or twice in his career. Matthew Hatton's never been stopped. Canelo couldn't stop Matthew Hatton, and Sean Porter's never been stopped. So, you know, that doesn't take anything away from the power, power or actually say that uh, Elder Spence actually hits harder. Now, uh, Kel Brook, an advantage for Kel Brook is also he has southpaw experience. Um, Frankie Gavin and JoJo Dan most recently. Um, Errol Spence, you know, two history opponents that he failed to stop. Luis Torres, uh, Manuel Larte, and Ronald Cruz up until uh, right after the Errol Spence fight was Ronald Cruz stopped. And that was Dmitry uh, Emilienko. And that's due to the accumulations, not by a single blow. So, you know, in my opinion, the power is pretty much even. As far as experience goes, believe it or not, Errol Spence Jr. has more experience fighting abroad. Um, he has fought in Canada, Mexico, Italy, uh, Abidjan. He's fought in Russia, and he's actually fought in London at the Olympic Games. He knows what it's like to be abroad. He knows what it's like to have the hometown crowd rooting against you. And international tournaments of those size, a lot of times you have a bigger crowd than you do in professional in, uh, professionals. Um, Kel Brook, what gives him an advantage is title fights. He has 16 title fights in total, and that includes minor and world. That includes his BBBFC, uh, his WBO and WBA Intercontinental, uh, his IBF International, and I believe uh, his middleweight and his IBF world titles. You know, so Spence, this isn't, that really isn't going to play into a factor here. The crowd is taken out of the equation. Um, you know, and the pros on Kel Brook is he has a strong jab. He can box while moving. He doesn't need to be planted to land his power punches. Um, he's strong on the inside. He has a phenomenal uppercut, and he will trade punches and bunches. We've seen it against Porter, and we've seen it against Gennady Golovkin. His uppercut is something, you know, may, he might have the best uppercut in the game, in my opinion. Errol Spence, his pros, um, he keeps a tight guard. He applies composed pressure. He has a very solid jab, and he reads his opponents well. He knows when 
to move him for the finish, and he knows when to stand back, and he knows how to break his man down. They both have similar weaknesses. The cons on both guys is they drop their hands and reach in at times. Spence more so when throwing to the body, and Brooke because he jabs too far away and he leans in. Uh, you know, Brooke allows himself to go back against the ropes. That's exactly what happened in the Golovkin fight. He went against the ropes, and Golovkin was able to land that big punch that broke the eye socket. Uh, Spence moves straight back at times, not on an angle. That allowed Chris Algieri to land straight right-hand counters off the rope, and his guard can be lazy at times. Alejandro Barrera was able to land lead uppercuts due to the lazy guard of Errol Spence. The keys to victory, in my opinion, Errol Spence needs to jab, keep the pressure on. He needs to stay at long distance. He has never been in a dogfight. This is not the time to go into a dogfight with a guy who has that experience and a guy who is not taller, but he is bulkier than you are. And he also needs to make sure that he does not lean down when he goes in for those body punches because that Kelbrook uppercut is going to play a major factor. As far as Kelbrook, he needs to use the jab, a power jab. Don't lean in with it, though. He needs to keep his distance, and he also has to have Errol, Spence, Errol Spence's respect early because if he doesn't, Errol Spence is going to break him down. And unless they go inside and he's able to keep Errol Spence on the inside, Errol Spence is just going to manage to hold on, make the referee break him up, and it's just going to keep going that way. Uh, my opinion is going to be officially Kel Brook just due to the title experience. Whichever fighter wins, don't look for this to go the distance. These guys average five to six rounds per fight. They've only gone the distance, you know, in the last four or five years. I think they've only gone the distance about three times. Um, whoever's gas tank is running low, look for him to come out the next round and let everything loose and, you know, it, it, it's a take it, uh, make it or break it. Even though they're not on that level yet, don't be shocked if it's kind of a Tommy Hearns and Marvelous Marvin Hagler type moment where one guy has nothing to lose and everything to gain, and that's how this fight ends. You 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 you're going with Kell Brook. Um, interesting, and and I was really torn because I thought, for the same reasons you give, that uh, you know Kell Brook has the has the advantage. But I think his loss to uh, Triple G, um, and the fact that you know even though I lost the bet with you, I I still think that you know his body. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how he really responds uh, fighting back down at this weight. I mean, that's a lot of weight, Dax. And uh, I just think um, it's going to be a typical youth versus a, an, an aging fighter. Not that uh, not that Kell is old, but I think uh, I think there's no disgrace in, in either fighter. Should you be correct and Kell Brook win, what does that do to Errol Spence as he moves forward? I don't think it does anything to Errol Spence. I, I don't think it does anything at all. In my opinion, going into this fight, you have the number one and number two best skilled welterweights in the world. And I think after this, you're still going to have the number one and number two most skilled welterweights in the world. Unfortunately, in this sport, people go by that zero. And, you know, automatically, because Kell Brook lost to Triple G... Fans tend to knock him down a, f a few notches on the uh, the pedestal. You know, but either way, this is a great fight. It's a throwback fight. I'm not going to sit there and go out on a limb like they do on the PBC and start comparing it to all these great fights of the past. But you know what you have here is exactly what we want to see in the sport. You have a champion taking on the most dangerous and the most dominant 
contender or prospect on his way up. And you have a prospect on his way up that has been doing everything right and going through everybody like a hot knife through melted butter and showing improvement in each outing. And there's excitement on both sides. Errol Spence Jr., believe it or not, he's going to have more fans in that crowd than people think because a lot of people are going to remember him from his 2012 appearance in the Olympic Games. You know, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, Errol Spence... If, if he comes back, the, the loser, um, I agree. It, it shouldn't do anything uh, to his career, uh, you know, as we move forward. But unfortunately, the networks and uh, fans and stuff, they, they look at the loss. But the other thing I, I really give uh, Spence credit for is going to London, going to England and fighting uh, Kell Brook. And that's the way it's supposed to be, Dax. The champion, uh, you know, he fights at home. Absolutely. You know, that's, a, you know, nice long ago did we lose the word world champion when is the last time we had a world champion that really fought around the world in any division you know the champions fight at home and but you know something when you're defending your title that gives you that opportunity but make no mistake this is going to be a habit not just with Kell Brook and Errol Spence but we've seen it with Terrence Crawford uh we've just seen it with Javante Davis unless the U.S. boxing scene changes things around a little bit it's going to be a habit if you want these big mega fights you're going to have to travel to these other countries I, I agree and I think England is still uh the hotbed right now uh, they it their fights are more interesting Pe they want to come here to fight but the fact is, the, is this, that when there's fights that take place in the UK, they're always more interesting and more uh, action-packed because of the fans and the live audiences that they draw. They, 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 we, the States can't compete with the Brits when it comes to live audience. Everybody wants to fight in Vegas, understandably. It's become the modern mecca of boxing. Uh, and before that, Madison Square Garden was the mecca. Now what you have is uh, the Barclays Center picking up. But you know something, anywhere in the United States outside of the one location in Texas, you're not going to draw the crowds that they do over in the U.K. You're not going to fill up these soccer stadiums. You're not going to fill up Wembley and so on. So you know what? That's where the big money is, and that's where the excitement is because there's nothing more that a fighter can feed off of than a big, huge crowd, and especially when you have the fans over there that appreciate everybody. You know, they, they of course, you know, they support their home fighters more, but they just appreciate the moment in general. Dax, um, I, I got uh, two more questions. Well, it's the same question for each fighter. Um, to ask you on this topic before I move to something else. Uh, Kelbrook, if he wins the fight, where does he go from here? 154 pounds. Oh, so you think he's going to move up? This is his last fight in Welter. I, I think so, considering, you know, his own camp has said that, you know, this was a brutal cut for him, considering the fact that, you know, he is aging and the, um, the welterweight division pretty much is right now monopolized and materialized by a PBC fighters. So it's going to be harder for him to get fights, the negotiation issues up at, um, Junior middleweight, there's still a lot of PBC fighters, but also there's some guys in there not in the PBC. And if I was Kell Brook's promoter, Eddie Hearn, who happens to have a lot of pull in his sport um, outside the United States, he might be the promoter with the biggest pull in his sport because he has the biggest names, uh, the biggest draws. You know, so what, 154 pounds and look for the winner of uh, Kodo against uh, uh, Yamaguchi and get the 154-pound WBO title. That's what I would do if I was Kell Brook's team. If Kelbrook loses, same thing. You think he's going to move up to 154? 
Absolutely. Why continue draining yourself to get down to 147 pounds? Draining yourself continuously shortens careers just as much as taking the punches inside the ring. And now uh, for uh, uh, for Errol Spence Jr., if he wins the fight, what's next for him? If he wins the fight, obviously you want to stay at welterweight and you want to get a fight with one of those big names. Errol Spence against Keith Thurman would absolutely be a fantastic fight. That's a fight that you know has been being made now for a couple of years. There's a lot of uh, personal feelings involved in that fight. The fans want to see it. Um, so, you know, that would be a big money fight for both guys, and I think everybody would enjoy that. Outside of uh, that fight, really, there's nobody else at 147 pounds except maybe Sean Porter that I actually think Errol Spence would be exciting against because I just think he's that much better than everybody else in the division. If he loses? If he loses, again, stay at 147 pounds, and then what you do is you fight guys like a Danny Garcia or you fight somebody like a... Um, We'll just say a guy like a Danny Garcia, or even if you can get a uh, Keith Thurman, you know, still, it's, you know, either way, win or lose, I think that's what he should do is just stay in that division and get some of those other big fights as long as they don't regress and go back to somebody like a Robert Guerrero or uh, an Andre Berto because all that's going to do is just take two steps back. Um, Dax, uh, just to, before we let you go, a couple of questions um, concerning, uh, again, uh, the Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight in the news. Um First and foremost, you know, Oscar De La Hoya's open letter to the boxing fans, I, I, I agree with his letter. Uh, as a fan myself, um, I agree with his letter, and I think he makes every point in it is valid. But the one that sticks out the most is the one that I, I was hoping wouldn't happen the most, and that's a commission actually sanctioning this fight. By the tone of Oscar De La Hoya's uh, open letter, it sounds like he already knows that there's a commission out there, whether it be Nevada or California, that has uh, given their blessing to this fight in return for some cash. What's your thoughts? If they do, they do. I'm not going to be shocked on it, but I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. As far as this fight goes, it's not something I would buy. It's something that I'll watch a week later when they show a replay or maybe a month later when they're showing it at 2 o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep because really, to me, it's just not an elite ca uh, caliber fight. It's a money-grabbing fight, and as far as Floyd Mayweather goes, in my opinion, I love Floyd's career. He was a great fighter, but you know what? He's retired now. He's a promoter. I'll speak about Floyd Mayweather the promoter unless Floyd Mayweather makes an official comeback I don't want to speak about Floyd Mayweather the fighter I'll speak about Floyd Mayweather's fighters but you know what when you have fights like this taken away from talking about you know events like that just takes away from the quality of matchups like this and what's to come good point Dax enjoy the fights and uh, have a great Memorial Day we'll be looking forward to your uh, post fight thoughts on uh, Tuesday morning all right everybody enjoy your weekend that's Dax Khan. Check out his uh, column uh, up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, uh, you can uh, get it there. And, uh, you know, he's a major part of the website, and now I owe him dinner. But don't tell Dax. But the truth of the matter is he's going to be lucky if he gets a cheeseburger out of me. No, but you know what he could definitely get is uh, up at the Boxing Hall of Fame. I might throw down. I might throw him uh, a sausage and pepper. You know, I might give him uh, one of those because uh, – you know, uh, I I myself uh, like the uh, sausage and peppers. Carmo, Carmen Basilio sausage uh, up there, and uh, uh, I will uh, be up there for the fights. I, I'm not so sure uh, I will uh, be up there for uh, any other length of time uh, for this year's uh, Hall of Fame. 
uh, although uh, there are a, a few uh, uh, people I would love to see up there, um, especially uh, one of my, a couple of my uh, female uh, boxing uh, friends I would love to uh, uh, see. But uh, uh, anyway, interesting uh, uh, points that uh, Dax made and uh, uh, joining us again uh, uh, it looks like he had some coffee and uh, put on some makeup and stuff is uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You obviously, uh, what did you do? Slick back your hair too? I mean, come good on. Mo- good, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, Sal. Glad you could be with us today. Uh, oh, it's really... nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Dax was making some great points uh, on the yes, fight itself, but I don't know if you uh, uh, heard, but Oscar De La Hoya had written an open letter um, uh, to the boxing fans concerning uh, the um, the disgust uh, joke of a fight between uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. But like I just said to Dax, what bothers me the most is it seems like Oscar was alluding to the fact that a commission has already given it its blessing uh, in return for, uh, you know, uh, a boatload of cash. That is appalling, in my opinion. What's your thoughts? That is not only appalling, I mean... It's going to be evident that whatever commissioner uh, or commission does approve of that kind of fight, uh, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be open field day target practice here. Uh, I'm taking on all kinds of uh, feedback and comments, and I, like I said, I I would be very surprised if any commission could approve of that kind of fight. And uh, but you know, money talks, and that we've seen it over and over and over again in this game of boxing. Yeah, it's sad. Um, it's sad. You know, as far as uh, being a fighter, and you pretty much fought your whole uh, career in one weight class, and you've been an advocate for discipline, and, you know, you get all fired up when fighters don't make weight and all that stuff. But considering Kell Brook um, fought Triple G uh, back in uh, September, um, you know, and when you look at how big he got and how in my opinion, how well he put on that that weight. He, he actually was bigger than Triple G at fight night, uh, weighing 160 pounds. And fight night, he was bigger than that. But, you know, to be able to come in and, and make the 160-pound uh, weight limit and then now uh, weighing in uh, slightly under 147, uh, you know, in, you know, eight months uh, later. Um, what do you think about the weight? Uh, did he have to spend too much time cutting the weight? Did they do it right? Is it going to sap him? I mean, you go up in weight, and then you come down in weight. I mean, you maintain a weight. And, you know, uh, to give kudos to Floyd Mayweather, he's you know he, he walks around uh, at, uh, you know, a couple of pounds over his, his fighting weight. And I think that that's been a key to his longevity, that his body doesn't get beat up, uh, you know, making weight. And we've seen other fighters in, in the past that balloon up in between fights and, uh, uh, you know, their performances aren't that great. What's the disparity in weight going to do to Kell Brook? Yes, he made weight. Yes, he looks good. He claims they made it uh, with no problem. And, and uh, you know, although they, they said it was not easy, but uh, they made it the right way. Is it going to show up in the ring? You know, He's a professional. He obviously made the weight, and he probably could have looked at the the date. You always do a back back dating. You know, the fight date is set. Well, let's see. I'm this far away from the fight. 
I've got to lose on average three pounds a week. And, you know, you do some of the math, you do some of the, to take it off correctly, to take it off right, that's not going to sap your body. Uh, and, and it's not going to all only just be water weight. And you take that in consideration too. You say, ah, my last three, four, five pounds, I could take off his water weight. You know, they have the process, we, we call it drying out. You don't drink or consume any liquid uh, 24 hours before you step on a scale. And you'd be amazed, you can lose four or five pounds. Uh, plus you sleep off a pound. So you do all the math. <clears throat> and, you know, Roberto Duran was was phenomenal when it came to his weight loss. I mean, the guy would jump up to 165 when he was fighting lightweight. He would jump up to 165, 160, which is not big, by the way. It's just a good average solid weight for him. But for a frame of a 135-pounder, it is. And I tend to... I tended to do similar things. I would go up to about 155, maybe 160 sometime. But, you know, you, you back it off. And when you're you're young and you're able to put it on and take it off, it it just is a matter of discipline to a large degree. You know, you because you 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 have the incentive reward. You you're incentive, you get in shape, you you fight, reward, you eat like a gavone or gavone. I mean, you you you, you Take all things you denied. You want the ice cream. You want the hamburger. You want the hot dog. You want this. You want that. So you're putting on a lot of that weight uh, wrong, uh, incorrectly, and it's just in your body, and and it 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 takes its toll if you do it up and down, up and down, up and down. But Kel Brooks had a lot of time to do this, and I'm sure that he could have done this correctly. And when you look at uh, uh, 147. To one, I mean, it's 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 a twenty year, twenty pound weight loss. I mean, that's nothing for these guys. I'm telling you, Kel Brook should not have had too much difficulty in losing this weight. I'm telling you right now. I, I'm I'm talking from my perspective. I'm I'm sorry. Well, he had he eight, should not have had too much time, and he, he had eight, some time to do it. Yeah, he had eight months to do it. Um, but uh, I'm just I'm just wondering what kind of impact his his body will uh will show or have um in the ring you know come fight i mean making weight cutting weight eating the right foods doing the right exercises doing all these things to make weight uh, over a course of eight months and uh, assuming he started uh, losing the weight uh, right after the the uh, uh triple g fight you know that's all fine and good uh but uh what kind of uh uh what kind of signs will we see from the body um, like I said, you know, giving kudos to Floyd Mayweather, you know, he maintained uh, a fighting weight, so to speak, throughout his whole career, even to this day. And I think that, you know, uh, the end results is, is the fact that he's always he's always in shape. You know, fighters that, uh, you know, go up and down sometimes, uh, you know, lose uh, some gas or, or need to get a second wind or, or something. It's just going to be curious to see uh, if Kell Brook... Uh, uh, suffers any of these consequences and you know it's not like he's uh in there with a with a slouch you know he's in no. there i mean what we got going on here sal he's a classic uh you know age versus youth situation and uh you know uh spence is uh, a talented fighter yes he is and like i said i, I was listening to dax dax is uh going against our grain i know uh, I, I i feel errol spence could uh could uh stop Stop Kell Brook. I I like Kell Brook, and, and believe me, he, he's a great fighter. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you know, 
he absorbed some punishment in that in that Triple G fight. It wasn't just that Kell Brook put up a great fight and uh, he could have won that fight. I mean, he took on some some uh, blows and he, uh, you know, it it wasn't such a, a a test for for Triple G as much as it was a test for Kell Brook at that weight and at, at other things there too. And he he endured a couple good rounds of of getting getting hits with some big blows from Triple G. The the power of a legit heavy handed middleweight. So don't be surprised if, if Kell Brook finds a way to stay underneath the middleweight division for a little while. You know, I love uh, Kell Brook. Uh, you know, I know you do. I, I really I do. do. And and the only reason why I'm picking Errol Spence is I just think that um, mentally uh, the injury is gonna is gonna come back and haunt uh, uh, Kell Brook a little bit. I, I I just I just have a feeling. You know, when you break a bone, uh, the bone heals stronger in the breaking point than it was previously. So, in other words, like correct if you correct. if you break a, a bone in your leg, and and you break your leg again, uh, nine times out of ten, the break is at a new point. It will not break at the break the previous breaking point because when the bone heals itself, it it actually makes that stronger. So with That's that correct. said, so with that said, you know that orbital socket or eye socket, or whatever, um, you know, yes, it was shattered, it was cracked, it was uh, broken, and, and it's healed. So that's not going to be, you know, susceptible to to breaking again. Plus, I, like what you basically just alluded to, I don't think Errol Spence has the punching power of Triple J. But what kind of effect will uh, you know inflammation have? Uh, what kind of effect will you know, Kell Brook uh, have mentally when, when he gets hit in that spot? Uh, is he going to be nervous that it's going to break? Is it going to swell quicker? Uh, is it going to be susceptible to cuts? These are all things that have to be going through his mind, um, you know, during the fight. And remember something, he didn't quit. His corner quit that fight for him. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously, Kell Brook is, is a warrior. This is a tough fight to pick, man. I, it's legitimately it, it a 50-50 fight, despite the odds, which are 2-1 to one in favor of Spence. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing that those odds are up there like that. Uh, it's going to be a good fight, and not taken away from Brook. Uh, I, I think he is a warrior. He's got that mindset, that mentality. He's not going to quit. And uh, you are correct, his corner. Was the, were ones that uh, said, "Hey, you know what? We <laughs> this ain't your nut. You had enough. You had enough. Uh, we don't want to. We want to see you come back and fight another day." But yes, internally, he's going to have some early questions, uh, and can it be easily inflamed in that area? I think so. It's a little more vulnerable. Uh, that exact break, like you suggested, will probably not happen again. But the tissue and a bone structure around it could be a little weaker. Uh, and and you never know. Uh, I think you know he's going to be conscientious of being hit there, and uh, but the warrior mentality will soon overcome that because if he has to get in the trenches and starts firing the guns, uh, he's going to just do what it, it comes innately uh, as as his response, and he's going to uh, do his best to fight and to win. That's what fighters do. <clears throat> Sal. Uh, you yeah. need you need another sip of coffee so you can speak clearly, and uh, we're gonna take we're gonna take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, 
What, what I, my, I was a little horse. So. Yeah, I, speaking of a horse, this horse throat. walked into the bar the other day, and uh, the bartender said, hey, why the long face? Hey, listen, we are going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll give our, our final thoughts on uh, Kel Brook uh, against uh, uh, Errol Spence Jr. Uh, over in England uh, this weekend. So uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, we'll be right back. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could uh, be with us today. And, uh, hey, don't forget, whatever you do this weekend, and I know it's a holiday weekend here in the States, make sure you take the time to watch this fight. Uh, Kel Brook uh, defending his IBF uh, World Welterweight title against Errol Spence, one of the uh, young guns uh, in the sport. Um, regardless of who you think is going to win the fight, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I would be shocked if this fight becomes anticlimactic. Joining me now uh, from St. Simons is uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, um, I think uh, uh, I think that uh, this fight will be one of these fights that we're going to be talking about for a long time. What do you think? I think so. There's something going on in this fight that I think uh, we're going to be discussing in next week. We're going to be bringing it up a week after. It's a great matchup, and it's going to be an action-packed fight. And I do believe you got two warriors coming into the ring, and uh, neither one of them knows how to really retreat and uh, succumb to the other. So it's going to be a great fight. And even my uh, my old uh, Papa Luigi and I were just talking about this fight, and uh, he, he's whispering to me what he thinks. You know, uh, Kel Brook, I, I think, is uh, extremely underrated. He could arguably be one of the most underrated fighters in the sport, like I said earlier. Uh, you know, there's nothing about him I don't like. Uh, you know, he has fought the fights. He's come here to the States and fought the fights. He won his title against Sean Porter. Um, you know, I, he, why people underestimate him and write him off is, is beyond me. And, and I guess I'm being hypocritical because, you know, I, I'm, I'm officially picking Errol Spence to win this fight. But my reasons for it, Sal, is... I'm I'm equally impressed with Errol Spence, uh, and the reason is because he's saying all the right things. Not that Kell Brook hasn't, and not that Kell Brook isn't a great ambassador for the sport, because I think he is. Um, but what Dak said, kind of kind of is is the is the equalizer, and and that is that Kell Brook's career, win, lose, or draw tomorrow night, is not over. There's a no. lot more room for Kell Brook in this sport. Uh, and I believe that he, he meaning Dax, is also correct with um, the logical move for Kell Brook uh, to move up in weight uh, to at least 154 pounds. It would be great for him to win the fight, retire as the IBF uh, welterweight champion or or uh, not retire, but give up the welterweight and move up into the junior uh, middleweight division, that would be a great little uh, move for him. But even if he comes out on the losing end, by moving up in weight seems logical. 
That's why I said earlier, Sal, that I feel that Errol Spence has more to lose. There's so much pressure on him from people, specifically here in the States, that have been putting him up on that pedestal and are expecting him to go in there and blow away Kell Brook, which although I'm picking Spence, he's not going to blow away Kell Brook. I'd be shocked if he does. Uh, So the question really is, is what happens to him? Should he not win the fight? If he wins the fight, you know, it's the fairy tale uh, story. You know, he moves on. He's going to seek out a fight with, you know, Keith Thurman. Or personally, I think his next fight, if he beats Kell Brook, might be with Danny Garcia and then go for Keith Thurman. I, I mean, you know, but if he loses, what happens? Well, again, you know, you, you say or you said, you know, these both these fighters, what's the risk and what's the reward? Well, this is a strange fight because – on the bottom line, they both have a lot to lose, but then they both don't have a lot to lose uh, on some level. It doesn't really make sense. I know that contradicts what I just said, but you look at the perfect segue. You know, Kell Brook, if he loses, you know, the weight could become an issue. He goes to 154. If he wins, the weight's still an issue. He goes to 154. Uh, Spence loses. There's plenty of other opponents in the pond, and he loses to Kell Brook, who's a world-class world champion. Uh, if he wins, Kell Brook goes to 154. Earl Spence has a lot of opponents, including Keith Thurman, that he can now be leveraged to build up a nice mega fight for the welterweight division. So they both, they both have a lot on the line, but I believe their careers are still going to be great where the dust may settle for each fighter. You know, it, it, it's funny. Remember when Remember when uh, it was a movie, but it was based on true stories. Remember Jake LaMotta? Remember when, when he had a lose to, uh, was it Billy Fox? He said, if you lose, you win. If you win, you lose. Either way, you still win, you know? Both these fighters are in a position where they're going to be win, lose, or draw after this fight. Still, still a top contender a money draw and a top opponent and or a top fighter to go into the ring with another top fighter so i don't think a loss by either man is going to be detrimental to the extent that they're going to lose their their luster as a as a fighter as much as it could be in another scenario bottom line don't miss the fight this weekend no it's gonna be a great fight. Uh, as great. far as uh, the undercard i mean george groves uh, in that one, uh, he's another guy that, you know, uh, we, uh, I think that he was an underachiever a little bit. We expected a lot with him, but uh, Georgia Groves is taking on Fedor Chudinov. And uh, a fight that we won't get to see, uh, that I wish we would get to see, is uh, the heavyweight fight just because Lenroy Thomas is in it, but uh, Lenroy Thomas against David Allen. Um, Sal, it's uh, it's that time again. I, I, I got the trivia question, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to twist it a little bit because my man Coach uh, has become the closest to getting this uh, question right. Uh, And, you know, he got one side of it right. And rather than drag it on, uh, I'm not, no, I'm not giving him a, and Coach, if you're getting all excited. Two weeks, we're on this question for two weeks. Well, not quite, but if we had the other question, but but if if Coach is getting all excited thinking he's going to win something for getting it half right, no, you're not, Coach. You know, and as a matter of fact, you know, I, I'm I'm still waiting for Coach to come back up here. The last time I saw him, he was up up near me 
telling me he's looking to move up here, and then I guess that's changed because I haven't seen or heard or seen nothing of the guy since. So, uh, you know, when he uh, uh, gets his butt up here, maybe, maybe if he promises to take his work boots off, I might like him, let, take him for a ride on the boat, but uh, whatever. Uh, but, uh, Coach, you came close, so you got me thinking. Uh, I'm going to give the answer to this, but remember the answer and the question because – we're going to recycle it and ask it again. The question was this, and I got to thank my man Henry Haskup for yes. uh, stumping you guys. Um, oh, he but, stumped. Uh, but, oh, hey, oh, he stumped you. Oh, he stumped, baby. He stumped. Um, the question was, uh, you know, what was the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a title fight, excluding the heavyweights? Well, Coach came up with a couple of good answers, um, but, uh, but, but, but he he got he ended up with half uh of the question right and the other two <laughs> opponents that he had were both wrong um the answer to this question is jacob uh metalia he was four foot ten and a half inches and the biggest difference in height was when he fought dave mccauley who was five foot seven so the difference was eight and one half inches uh, my man, uh, coach, came very close within wow. uh, within a half inch. But uh, so the answer is Jacob Metalia versus Dave McCauley. It was an eight and a half difference. So uh, you know, thanks for everybody that tried to get that one right. Now, in case you notice, I know everybody got mad at me for not giving the other answer, but uh, that's because we're going to ask that question again, but not now. So here's today's. It's too early for a trivia question. Question, and uh, of course, I'm going to let uh, my man. Uh, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, see if he can answer it correctly before you guys, and then I'm going to ask you another one. But uh, here's the question. <clears throat> Name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Now, now, uh, make sure you listen to the wording of this, because I know what everybody's going to answer at first. But name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced okay one more time name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced if you're the first one to answer this correctly by emailing me billy at talking boxing t-a-l-k-i-n-b-o-x-i-n-g.com you'll win your very own copy of the title bout championship computer game and if you have it i'll send you something else sal rocky senecola i'm going to give you a chance to uh to steal the victory and not win any prizes of course but uh <laughs> but uh maybe save the maybe save the uh uh I'll give you some advice. I'll give you some good advice if you get it right, all right? You know, so but, oh, but uh, if you get if you get this right, uh you can uh you can uh save the users some aggravation over the weekend. So the question is name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Who 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 do you think? Jack Dempsey? No, Sal. It wasn't Jack Dempsey. And uh, good answer, though. Very good answer. I, I mean, uh, I uh, appreciate uh, your struggling and, and really looking into your, uh, uh, you know, history books and, and trying to get the answers right. But He but, told me. But no. Uh, <laughs> who's that, Jack? Uh, <laughs> show me. Is, is that is that Jack Dempsey? Uh, this this is Jack. This is my, this is my he, sidekick, Jack. He told yeah. you? Okay. He uh, told me. Yeah, he whispered well, in my ear. He says, well, me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question one more time. 
if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, uh, Billy at Talking Boxing. Let me spell it for you. It's Billy at T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Notice there's no G in talking. Uh, the question is name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. If you're the first one to email me, you'll win uh, a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Or if you have that, I'll send you something else. Uh, on this day in boxing history, Sal, May 26th. In 2007, Steve USS Cunningham wins a 12-round decision over Christoph Vladzarek to win the IBF World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in Poland on this day in 2007. On this day in 1932, Tommy Paul wins a 15-round decision over Johnny Pina to win the vacant NBA World Featherweight title, and that took place in Detroit. On this day in 1984, Victor Kahalis knocks out Loris Stika uh, in the eighth round to win the WBA World Junior Featherweight title, and that took place in Puerto Rico. On this day in 1900, Danny Darty wins a 20-round decision over Tommy Feliz to win the vacant World Bantamweight title, and that took place in Brooklyn, New York, man. Brooklyn, New York, on this day in 1900. On this day in 1943, <laughs> Manuel Ortiz wins a 15-round decision over Joe Roberto to retain his world bantamweight title and took place in Long Beach, California. On this day in 1909, Willie Lewis knocks out Andrew Jepitha in the third round of a scheduled 20-round fight to retain his world welterweight title, and that took place in London. And finally, on this day, May 26th in 2007, Arthur Abraham knocks out Sebastian Demilis in the third round to retain his IBF World Middleweight title, and that took place in Germany. Sal, do you have any wow. final thoughts today, my man? No, I'm just looking forward to this fight. What, what time do we think it's going to be on here? Five thirty? Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on early uh, on Showtime. Okay. So uh, we right. won't be doing a post fight because uh, most people are watching this fight later. Plus, it's a holiday. It's a holiday weekend. Uh, so uh, and don't forget, we're back on uh, Tuesday. Uh, we are uh, taking Memorial Day off, so uh, we are. we'll be back on Tuesday. But uh, until then, I want to tell everybody, <clears throat> make sure you tune in Tuesday. First of all, make sure you enjoy the fights this week. But make sure you tune in Tuesday morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. Ha <laughs> ha!